Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Good morning, everyone on the East Coast, and actually, good morning, everyone on the West Coast. And when my guest is calling from in Hawaii, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm very fortunate to interview a nationally acclaimed author, Kevin Hall. His brand new book is Aspire, Discovering Your Purpose Through the Power of Words. Kevin Hall is a highly sought-after business consultant, speaker, and coach. He was a partner in Franklin Quest, makers of the Franklin Day Planner. As vice president of sales and training, he helped to fuel Franklin's growth worldwide. worldwide. Kevin Hall has been recognized for his groundbreaking approach to uncovering the hidden and often secret meaning of words. He's credited with wordsmithing and trademarking. And the original slogan for the 2002 Olympic Winter Games, Ignite the Fire Within. Kevin has been featured in Forbes, Worth, Nation's Restaurant News, Restaurant Business, and on the Food Network. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you. Aloha from Hawaii today, Patricia. Wow. <laughs> Must be beautiful there. It's great. I'm actually sitting out on a lanai um, watching the waves mm, break beautiful. on Waikiki. So wow. I have a couple of speeches here, uh, one tomorrow and one on Wednesday. So I love Terrific. what I get what to do. What a beautiful place to be. Now, in your book, what's so interesting is that you focus on the power of words. So you understand, you know, what each word means. And you focus on 11 words, one per chapter, in your book, Aspire. And you show how these words are building blocks for success and inner peace. So I'd really like to talk about these um, and why you chose them. Now, the first one is the secret word. Now, is that a word? That's a great question. In fact, um I actually didn't choose that word. It chose me. I was back in Vienna six and a half years ago visiting with the famed author of Man's Search for Meaning, Victor Frankl's family and friends. Yeah. And I walk into a fabric store and meet a gentleman who teaches me one of the most powerful words. In fact, I don't think, Patricia, that you can get this word. The word is Genshai, G-E-N-S-H-A-I. Hmm. I don't think you can get that on a license plate anywhere in the United States. They've all been taken. It's, it's actually sweeping across the world. Genshai means that you would never treat another person in a manner to make them feel small. I mean, just think of how powerful hmm. that one concept alone is, that, yeah. that we shouldn't yeah. treat anybody else small, we shouldn't allow anybody to treat us small, and above all, don't treat yourself small because, uh, you know, we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we see ourselves. And the way that we treat ourselves, it reflects in the way that we treat others. So that's that's one of the biggest principles in this book, and I think that's why the book has been received so well. Yeah. 
So really the secret word is Genshai, G-E-N-S-H-A-I. Correct. Beautiful. And you say in your book, I will write the secret word Genshai on a piece of paper and put it on the bathroom mirror. Each day I will look in the mirror with love, honor, and respect. From this day on, I will commit to living a magical, extraordinary life. It's beautiful. Thank you. I mean, what if, what if, Patricia, we said to ourselves um, four statements on a regular basis? Because you're talking about on this radio show, um, it's called positive living. You can't have a positive thought and a negative thought in your mind at the same time. And so we have to program our minds. What if we practice Genshai? And we said one of these four statements to ourselves on a regular basis. As soon as the negative thought pops in, we say, I'm worthy. Mm. Second statement, I am capable. I have a unique set of God-given gifts. I am capable. Three, I am deserving. If I don't do this, somebody's going to, so why not me? And the fourth and most important, I trust myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't believe well, that we you know, Kevin, those sound very, very simple, and so many people struggle with each and every one of them. Why is that? You know, we're hardest on who? Ourselves. Ourselves, yeah. We, we look at everybody else, and we say, oh, look at all that they have and all that they're doing. But we know the challenges that we have. But every person on this planet, I mean, the word past, means to suffer. A pathologist studies the diseases that we, as humans, suffer from. And so sometimes we think we're the only ones that have a challenge or something to conquer or overcome, but it's just part of life. And uh, we can be hardest on ourselves because we may be, have been taught that if you're doing everything right, things should just go in a straight line should be easy, no conflict, no challenges, no problems, but that's not the real world. Mm-hmm. You know, your second principle is called Pathfinder, which I find very interesting because my, my second book is called Pathfinding, Seven Principles oh, wow. for Positive Living. So it's very interesting. Talk about Pathfinder. Isn't that kind of the key for all of us is finding that path, finding our purpose? You know, Rick Warren wrote A Purpose-Driven Life. Knowing how popular that was, because we need to have that purpose and that path. You know, you do. Everybody on this call, every person on this planet is an unrepeatable miracle. They have a unique set of gifts, a unique set of talents. And when we tap into our path and purpose, when we open our gifts to serve and contribute to others, that's the moment that we get on path and on purpose. But you can't help somebody else find their path until you find yours first. And that's what I... I love Rick Warren's work. My work is about words and purpose, helping people discover their purpose through the meaning of words. And that's what a pathfinder was. In ancient days, a leader, and in the Indo-European, LEA leader means path and DER means finder. So leader was literally a pathfinder. They were the ones 
that could see the path and show the way. They were the readers of the sign. They would look out to find the hoof marks of the game that they were seeking to find that would sustain life. That's what Pathfinders do today. It's not the person with the biggest title or the longest tenure. It's the one with the best sense of those that can see and feel and taste and touch. And with vision. Now, your third one is namaste, and we've heard that a lot. What is the meaning of the word namaste? Is it peace? Well, it does bring peace when we tap into our namaste. Um, Namaste means that I salute the divine within you. I salute what you do best. I salute your natural gifts. I honor your uniqueness and your specialness. Um, Gandhi was asked that by Einstein, and he said to Einstein, Namaste, it means I honor the place in you where the entire universe resides. I honor the place in you of light, love, truth, peace. That's the word you just used, and wisdom. But before I can salute the greatness within another, I need to salute it within who? Yourself. With yourself. Uh, I need to start with me. If if you grew up, Patricia, in Nepal, as a young child, your mother or father would teach you that your right hand represents your creator. You know, when they demonstrate namaste, they bring their hands together and they touch their forehead or their third eye and they bring it down to their heart. Mm -hmm. They would be taught that their right hand represents their creator and their left hand represents themselves, the human being, with that potential. And you don't become whole until you bring those two together and become complete. Tapping into our natural, I believe in a higher power, Mm -hmm. tapping into our natural God-given gifts is the first step towards living a life of abundance. It's it's just the key. If we want to live a life of abundance and fulfillment, we need to open the gifts that we have. You can't share a gift if you don't open it. you got to open it, realize it, and then share it with others. And when you do, the whole it's world a big opens difference. up. Well, yeah. your fourth one, and this is one of the ones I believe in that I think is so amazing, and that's passion. I know that, you know, that's really, for those of us who are passionate about what we do, no matter what, even when we get down, even when we have tough days, even when it doesn't seem to be going well, that passion drives us, doesn't it, Kevin? Well, it does. I mean, how long have you been doing your show, Patricia? Well, I've been doing this work almost 30 years now. Yep. And, and I, start, I started doing um, this concept of positive thinking and positive living and positive people in 1982 when no one was doing it. And I was right. laughed at because nobody wanted to hear the inspiration. And I've stayed with it little by little, you know, sometimes part-time, sometimes full-time, and now, of course, it's full-time on, on TV and on radio. But I have believed in this, that we have to show what works. Because if we keep showing what doesn't work, that's what we're going to get. And, and it's working, and I see myself as a real catalyst for being able to showcase people's work like yourself and get it out there and pollinate through the airwaves. And I'm the, the bumblebee pollinator, and I've stayed with that. And it's working for me, but it's taken a long time. Well, so you just said it's taken a long time. See, passion is one of the. I mean, I could just feel 
the passion in your voice. It creates energy. It creates emotion. <laughs> passion is one of the most misunderstood words in all of language. A lot of people think it means love. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. But it's evolved to love or romantic love or lustful love. Passion means it comes from suffering. If we were to go to a passion play this week in, in Europe, they're reenacting the passion of Christ. You would witness the willing and sacred suffering for what one loves most. Passion means I'm willing to suffer for what I love most. I'm willing to pay the price. I'm willing to sacrifice. It's not about starting. That's the easy part. Everybody says, well, yeah, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. So bookends of success are starting and finishing. The hard part is finishing, and it's finishing, Patricia, that separates those with passion from those without it. You know, I have to say, Kevin, something that helps me is uh, a quote that I heard, that successful people are not people who don't fail. They probably fail more than people who don't make it, but they keep going until they get where they're going. Yeah, they do. I mean, like you said, in the last 30 years, this has been your life's work. In fact, it probably doesn't even feel like work. There are days where it's difficult and challenging, but you get to do what you love to do. And when you realize that and you're willing to suffer for what it is that you love most, suffering isn't a bad thing necessarily. It can be a a good thing. Mm -hmm. It can be a sacred thing. It can be a life defining thing. When we really say, and I don't think greatness can be achieved without this trait, without really knowing what it what it means, because people without passion will often say, well, I'll try. If we say, I'll try, well, I build an excuse. If we start, but we don't finish, well, at least I tried. But those with passion say, I'll do it. And then they commit to finish no matter what. It isn't about started. That's okay. part of it, yeah. but it's about finishing. So I congratulate you <laughs> for following you. your mission and your passion mm-hmm. and living life with passion because, again, I, I coach some of the top performers in the world, top salespeople, network marketers, CEOs, entrepreneurs, Olympic and professional athletes. I don't think you can achieve greatness without passion. I think it's impossible. I agree. And your fifth principle Sapere Verde. Did I say that correctly? You did great. All right. Sapere Sapere Verde. Verde. Knowing how to see. What do you mean, Kevin? Well, that was Leonardo da Vinci's term for, for why he, you know, he said the eye is the window of the soul. Mm -hmm. Just think of that. The eye is the window of the soul, and we seldom think without picture, he talked about his ability to see things. You know, I mean, he invented in his codifices, his collection of journals, he had detailed notes and drawings of inventions that sometimes didn't even become reality for four or five centuries later. The glider, the airplane, even the helicopter, the gyroscope, parachute, crane, life preserver, I mean, you name it, he created and foresaw marvels of injury, in, industry and, and engineering. 
And they said, how could you do it? He said, because I know how to say sapere means knowing how, and videre means the videre vision. So instead of saying, well, seeing is believing, it means believing is seeing. And I, I just got to tell you this, if I could. There are three keys to superior videre. It's a combination of hindsight, find, mm-hmm. is what's behind, it's, it's seeing back, foresight, is seeing ahead. Four is before, it's what's in front of us. And insight, which is the most important, is seen yeah. from within us. And a lot of people, go back to Genshai, mm-hmm. we have a choice to use our past as a hitching post or a guide post. And if we didn't have a good experience in the past, we can hitch up to that and we'll live, we'll die there. But if we can look forward with that foresight, for amazing things mm-hmm. happen. But one thing I say when I train and, and coach, never let your mind talk your heart out of what it knows to be true. That's the insight. That's what happens right now. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes you may not be able to follow your heart, but you have to pay attention to it, correct? Yes, yes. Well, I mean, think of, think of you've had a business dealing with someone or there's someone... You work with and your heart says, be careful. But our mind says, oh, no, 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 this person, they've got all the credentials, they've got this experience, mm-hmm. and then you get into that experience several months down the road, and you go, oh, why didn't I listen to my heart? I knew I could feel it, but I let my mind talk my heart out of what it knows to be true. Your, your eyes are really just the glasses mm-hmm. for your heart. You know, I, I must mention when we're talking about Sapere, Sapare Vidra, um, one of the people who's one of my favorite guests, and you probably know him, is Michael Gelb. Michael Gelb wrote How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci. Oh, I don't know him. I've heard of his book. He's yes. amazing. I mean, I just interviewed him and his lovely wife, uh, who's an opera singer, and he has such passion when he speaks, Kevin. Very similar. It's, it's such, and of course, he knows so much about this because he studied the great masters and it's it's almost you feel like you're on another level when you interview him because he's so involved in all of this and believes in it so much and it's it's really like a journey it's very exciting to be around passionate people you know it is because as joseph campbell said they they're following their bliss and when you when you get on path when you follow your bliss, you find your path and you discover people who've been waiting on your path all along. They were just waiting for you to find your path. Isn't that true? Have you had that in your life? Yes. Yes, it's true. And I think also the more I believe in myself and the more, the clearer I am, the more I believe in myself, the more I will attract people. When I'm a little doubtful, I don't attract as much. And that's really true because of the law of attraction. Yeah, we're we're a mirror to everyone that we meet. Let's just take that word believe. That's one of people say, what is one of your favorite words? Well, Genshai would definitely be one. But believe has got to be at the top. Mm L-I-E-V-E in Indo-European means love. Mm -hmm. So believe means be loved. If I believe in myself, I love myself. Yeah. And that, that changes 
everything. Because if I love myself, then I'm going to love the opportunities that come into my life, the people that I meet. Those are here to help me fulfill and discover my purpose. Now, 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 if we believe in ourselves, though, that brings us to your next word, which is humility. Because believing in yourself doesn't mean that you're ego-driven. It means also that you have humility. So talk about that one, Kevin. Well, thank you, uh, Patricia. Passion is one of the most misunderstood words, but humility is probably the most, most misunderstood word in all language. It's not being passive or submissive. It doesn't mean that we hide from our gifts or slump our shoulders or bow our heads and have subservient downward glances. It comes from humus, not hummus, but humus, H-U-M-U-S, that rich, dark, organic soil that allows for growth. Humility is about being teachable and coachable. It means that I'm continuously learning and growing and expanding. In fact, my mentor, Stephen R. Covey, who wrote the forward to the book and wrote Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, he believes that humility is the mother of all virtues, and so do I. Mm-hmm. Because from humility, and the other one is forgiveness. Forgiveness is the father, <coughs> excuse me, of all virtues. And from those two come all the children yeah. from humility and forgiveness. Yes. And forgiveness is, I'm looking. I'm not you know, seeing that in your, in is that one of your book, words? I'm not seeing it in your book. It is. There's no end to the words, but forgiveness will be the hub. It'll be the center chapter. I'm actually in Hawaii for a couple of speeches, and I'm working on my next book, Healing Through the Power of Words. And mm-hmm. let's just break that word down. If I were to give you something, Patricia, I take something that's mine, I give it to you, it's no longer mine. The four is an amplifier. So I don't just give it to you. I throw it away. I thrust it away. And people say, well, I'll forgive, but I won't forget. Well, then you didn't throw it away. You didn't get it as far away from you as you can. Forgiveness, to forgive, I believe literally means to live. If I forgive, I'll live. If I don't forgive, I'm I'm not going to live. And that is, a again, not in this book, but it's in my next book, and I'm, I'm working on that concept while I'm here. That's just great. I just want to say, because of the, all the inspiration that you're talking about, is that you are coming to our area, which is Rhode Island, and we want to mention that, that on April 28th at the Crown Plaza at 12 o'clock, uh, you will be the keynote speaker, and you're going to be talking about your book, Aspire and the Power of Words. And this is for Aspire Rhode Island, um, the parish of, of St. John and James in West Warwick, is pleased to honor um, several people, and also you will be their keynote speaker. So we wanted people to know that uh, you definitely will be the keynote and you will be coming to Rhode Island on April 28th. So we're very excited about that. And they will be honoring Mrs. Suzanne Kacheri, who's the former governor's wife, Reverend Hugo Carmona, and Mr. Henry Brousseau the 2011 Aspire Award, and how wonderful for you to speak on Aspire, the title of your book. Well, I am so excited. In fact, every dime from the registration fee will, will go to charity. I, my good friend, 
Ronnie Tassani has uh, organized this and put this on. And I believe in tithing. You, just as you talk about Rick Warren, um, you tie the tenth of what you earn, but you also, what, what if we tithe our time? What if, you know, I speak quite a bit. I'm speaking somewhere between a dozen and 20 times every month. Mm-hmm. And I try to take at least one out of every 10 presentations and uh, mm-hmm. do that for Cherry. This is a wonderful yeah, cause. Well, well, Ronnie told me about you, that you coming here, and I was just so happy that I had the opportunity to interview you, Kevin. So it's wonderful that you're coming to to our side of the world. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. And yeah. if I have that right, it's the 28th, right? 28th, 28th. of April. 28th of April. Be there, which would be, which would be Thursday. Thursday the 28th, so two mm-hmm. weeks from this Thursday. That's not very far away. I'm really, really excited about that opportunity. And I'll be bringing books. We'll, we'll bring several hundred books and be glad to sign copies of Aspire for those that come. And but just if honored to be people want to know more about this, um, they can log on to ssjohnandjames.org. Or uh, they can also, well, they can even write to me, Patricia, patriciaraskin.com, and I can get you <laughs> to the right place. But registration begins at 11.30, Thursday, April 28th, the Crown Plaza in Warwick, featuring keynote speaker and author Kevin Hall and Master of Ceremonies, Mayor uh, Vincent Buddy Cianci. So that'll be exciting. All right, let's get back to a couple more. We have a few minutes left before the close of the interview. Uh, one of your words, uh, several of your words, inspire. I love that word. I use that word a lot because I feel that that's what my radio show does. Talk about inspire. Well, it wouldn't surprise me that you love that word because that is what you do every day. Aspire, a lot of people say, well, that comes from spirit. It does, but the earliest origin of the word is breath. Our creator breathed life into our spirit, and then we became alive. So... I inspire, I breathe life into someone of their dreams. If I expire, which we've all done, unfortunately, we suck the air out of their dreams. So as a leader, your number one responsibility is to inspire, to breathe life into others and their dreams. I mean, what a fun thing to do, whether I'm writing, speaking, coaching, or going into an organization uh, as a business consultant, my job is to breathe life into others. That's what I get paid to do. It's not a bad gig. You don't have a bad gig either, Patricia. That's what you choose to do. Uh, you know what someone said to me, and I love this, Kevin. Recently, someone said, you know who you are, Patricia? You're the Ed Sullivan, not the Beatles. And I thought, <laughs> great, I'll take it. And, and, you know, I think what he meant is, you know, my role is to be able to take messages of people like yourself and get it out there through the airwaves. And that's very important. Oh, it's so important. It is just invaluable. And the fact that you do it, see, a lot of people have a calling or a purpose. It's not called a shouting. It's a calling. And you can hear it, but we doubt ourselves, mm-hmm. and we chase it away. And it'll keep calling until the day we die. And we can either die answering that calling or we can do something about it. And like I said before, those four statements, I am worthy, I'm capable, I'm deserving, I trust myself. That's one of the biggest things that you can do. Trust yourself, think for yourself, act for yourself, 
speak for yourself and be yourself. Uh, Oscar Wilde, I think, said it best. Be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. <laughs> and I love that right. statement because sometimes we don't discover our purpose when we're trying to be somebody that we're not. I'll, we're good enough. We have unique gifts, and we've got to stop doing what we're good at and start doing what we're great at. Spend more time on our greatness. They're gifts of greatness because they will help you achieve greatness and those around you as well. All right. Let's talk about empathy, another word that I love. That's one of your awards in your book. Yes. Um, well, you're good. We're getting through a lot of the words. Usually on an interview, I'll do one or two. This is people are going to get a, an overview of the entire message of the book, which is awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, empathy. I mean, just think of path. You see the word path and empathy. Empathy, when you break it down to its origin, it means to walk the path of another. So if I'm empathic, I listen or understand or walk the path of another. I, I get in the other person's world. And that's what, that's what the very best ones do, whether it's in a relationship or business. They get on the path of another and establish common ground um, in, in doing that. What I love about empathy is that it allows me to understand where that person's coming from, even if I don't like what they're saying or doing. But if I can get into where they are, it, it helps me so that I depersonalize it. I don't take it so personally, and I just understand why they think the way they do, even though it may be very, very different from the way I think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, empathy is to the heart what air is to the body. If we want to connect with someone heart to heart, it's critical. And your heart is... You know, your heart is 100 times stronger than your mind alone, uh, measured electrically. And when we attach our vision, our mind, and our heart together to something that we really want or are willing to pay a price for, measured magnetically, you want to talk about the law of attraction, our heart becomes 5,000 times stronger than our mind. So if empathy is, you know to the heart, what air is to the body, pretty important that we mm. develop that skill and attribute. Mm. Pretty critical. Mm. One of your words is coaching, the value of coaching, which is something that you do. Let's talk about coaching. Um, you know, it's one of my favorite words, really, in, in the book, because people say, where does coach come from? In, in the 15th century, in old Hungary, Along the Danube River between Budapest and Vienna, there was a village by the name of Coach. It was spelled K-O-C-S. And skilled wheelwrights fashioned the finest horse-drawn vehicles in the world. They were the very first carriages with spring suspension. And that was, they were designed to carry royalty over the bumpy river road that connected those two great cities, Budapest and Vienna. And they borrowed their name in that little small township where they were skillfully designed. They came to be known as coaches. So that hasn't changed over the past several centuries. I mean, that became the rage of the age in the 15th century in Europe. But if you were going to explore the far reaches of the western frontier, you would take a stagecoach, 
a railway coach. Uh, one of my clients is BMW and Rolls Royce. Uh, they'll pick me up in a five hundred thousand dollar Phantom Rolls Royce, and they'll say, "How do you like our coach?" You go in mm-hmm. Europe, in, in North America, a motor coach um, is a travel bud. So, no matter how far reaching that word has become since that first coach rolled up the production line in that little village, the meaning hasn't changed. A coach remains something or someone who carries a valued person from where they are to where they want to be. That's a great story because I don't, you don't always think of it as moving, but it is. It's movement. Oh, it, it's all about movement. Pathfinder, they're out moving. You keep it isn't finding your path is not a static thing. We need to catch our breath and renew. That's why we see the cycles in nature with the seasons. Every night we have a little breather and we wake, you know, anew to the dawn. But yes, motion. Here I am. I'm in Waikiki <laughs> on the 12th floor here, just right across the street. I'm look. I'm watching the waves roll in. I mean, that's the heartbeat. Well, and it, can, it, it speaks to your next point, which is, Olin, moving forward with all your heart. Yeah, I love, you know, I, <laughs> I love that word, too, because it comes from the Aztecs. It's on the ancient Aztec calendar, the word all in, O-L-L-I-N. It means to move and act now. With all your heart. Think of what we just talked about, how the heart is so much stronger than the mind alone. And when an earthquake or a great storm was about to shake the earth, they would scream all in. And it means, again, you got to move and act right now with all your heart. I just posted on Facebook this morning, because here I am in this port in Honolulu, that the word opportunity has a root word in it, and the word is port. That's where it comes from. And that was the entryway by water into a city or a place of business. In earlier days, when the tide and winds were right and the port opened, it allowed entry to do commerce, to visit, to invade, to conquer, but only those who recognized the opening could take advantage of the open port or the window of opportunity. So, again, with greatness, passion... And all in. I mean, it's actually pronounced almost like it's spelled A L L I N, although it's O L L I N. Interesting. Passion and all in. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like two sides of the same mm-hmm. coin, Patricia. Because mm-hmm. again, what, what if we could just jump in and act? These eight words, by the way, are eight of the most powerful words ever put together. Dorothea Brand wrote them in a book in the Depression that she wrote called Wake Up and Live, Act As If It Were Impossible to Fail. ACT, Act As If It Were Impossible to Fail. That's all in. It's a huge difference. Now, your, your last one in the book, and I think it's one of my favorites and so important, is the word integrity. And I want to close on that note. I also want to tell people that this book is very powerful. I encourage people to buy the book. But there's something you do at the end of each chapter, before we finish with integrity, that I love. You will take the word, like integrity, 
and you ask the readers to select someone that they know who personifies that particular word, whether it's passion, uh, whether it's coach, you know, whether it's humility or inspire, who, who personifies that? And then you write that person's name in the box below, and then you reach out to that person and tell them why they personify that word. I think that's so powerful and beautiful. And um, I'm going to go through this and do that. I think it's beautiful. Great exercise, Kevin. I'm glad you like that. It is, uh, and there might be several people that represent each of those words and who might personify that particular trait. But, uh, you know, for me, Stephen Covey personifies integrity, and I begin that chapter with his quote, the living a life of integrity starts with making and keeping promises until the whole human personality, the senses, we talked about Pathfinder, having sense, the senses, the thinking, the feeling, and the intuition are ultimately integrated and harmonized. It's really... I love making and keeping promises. I think that sums up integrity. And the most important promises are the ones that you make with yourself. Mm Yeah. Yeah. When we say, I, you know, I'm capable, I'm worthy, I'm going to go do that. It, it, and it doesn't mean it's just part of the time. Just think of back in elementary school when you took a math class and you were taught what an integer meant. Um, that, that's, the, that's the origin of the word integrity. An integer was a complete number. It wasn't a fraction. It, it was whole or complete. Um, and so we're not just talking a part of our word, a fraction of our word, not two-thirds, three-fourths, nine-tenths. It means being whole and complete with our word. Now, that's easier said than done, but, wow, that's one of the highest compliments. You to come up to someone and say, you represent integrity in this book. You're a person of complete integrity. Well, that's huge, and that would be a goal that I would have um, in my life, and I've had great people come into my life to help me model that. And you, you know, you read in every chapter stories of, of people that I've met uh, who have had a huge impact on me. But yeah. this book isn't about me. It's not. This is the highest rated book in personal development by readers in the past three decades. And I say that in all due humility that the book isn't about me. Um, well, it's a wonderful book, and it's worse. inspiring to interview you, Kevin. And you're going to be at the Crown Plaza in Warwick, Rhode Island, for a motivational luncheon. You will be the keynote speaker for Aspire of Rhode Island, which is the parish of S.S. John and James in West Warwick. And, again, it's so fitting that your book is called Aspire, and the name of the event is Aspire Rhode Island. So I, I'm very pleased and honored to have had you on my program today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It has been my absolute honor. And, and Patricia, if I can ever serve you, you know how to get a hold of me. Please don't hesitate. Um, you can find me on Facebook. You can come to. You can email me, Kevin, at powerofwords.com, and I get dozens of emails from readers and listeners every day from all over the world. I really and, uh, appreciate that. Thank you. It's been an so honor much. to be on your show today. Thank you. And stay on the line for a minute. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, folks. Well, this is what we do here. We bring you these amazing inspirational interviews. And please uh, log on to powerofwords.com. 
If you'd like a copy of my newsletter, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Remember, folks, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin for Patricia Raskin Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Bye for now. 